Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. Hey gardening friends, how are you all out there? Hope you're well. Jill Forrest will answer the phones when you call in today, and that number is 94841927. John Glidden is here supporting us as always and thanking the two of them in advance. Mischievous Ellen Simons always adds a little class, I think, to Curtain Radio and inevitably chooses music that we all enjoy. So thank you very much, Ellen. And uh, Ellen was assisted today by the very affable Peter Kelly. Jim wrapped up the breakfast show with his cycling update just now and he will return next Saturday morning. Faye Akari, nice to have you back after two weeks. We have missed you. Oh, thank you, Ray. It's lovely to be back. Good. We'd like to hear that. And thanks to Linda for filling in for me. Absolutely. Linda Mitchner, she's been uh, absolutely fabulous and uh, really enjoyed having her here and her company and uh, I worked her hard. Good good to hear. We've got our pound of flesh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Poor lady, she had to go on holiday after this. uh, It's always a challenge, isn't it, Ray? Because you don't know what is going to be fired at you. Well, it's like life, really. You never know what's coming, let alone on the gardening show. Tell me about it. That underlines it, doesn't it? And I know that... That Linda went out on a houseboat down south and are sending all these pictures floating around down there, very envious. And I thought, I wonder if that's what, what two weeks here has done to her. But no, mm. she had that planned a long time ago, the lucky duck. So it's not long till the holidays, is it? It is not. We are catapulting towards Christmas. Our last show for the year will be the 10th of December. Wow. So that's a couple of programs to go and then we'll come back mid-January. We, ha- we do have a bit of a break, guys, because, uh, yeah... Recharge the batteries. Uh, yeah, there's a lot, lot that goes on during the year. And, uh, yeah, we definitely need a bit of a recharge. So music will be played instead. Which Are you which going away, enjoy. Ray? Oh, please. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't have any plans right now, but wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Mm. It's hard to go away in summer with gardens, don't you think? You've got to have oh, summer. Absolutely. I'm not going to, to be honest, in summer. I never am, unless you've got someone that's, you know, able to come in and, and look after things. And it is a lovely time in the garden at... Mm. When the nights start to get warm and you can sit outside, you can garden till dark yeah. with lighting. You can yeah. garden beyond dark yeah. and it's sitting nice. back and enjoying the ambiance with yeah. friends. It's is lovely. nice. It is nice. So, yeah. And how have you been? The wedding took place last Oh, the wedding week. was amazing. Of course, the forecast leading up to the wedding was, wedding was a bit scary. Yes. And uh, we, we upgraded the marquee. We added an extra three metres during more, the week to it. A bit more space, uh, yeah. And we were fortunate that, that they were able to accommodate us. The marquee was fully floored and we built two limestone paths the week leading up to it so that people could get from our driveway to the the middle area. You know where I'd been growing this grass, watching yes. this grass grow? Yes. Well, that was all flawed, marquee, limestone pathways to it. We painted pots. 
We put uh, topiary plants in them as the entrance. Lovely Peter, our neighbour, came and did all the lighting. So there was flashing lights as you went into the marquee. It was lit with festoon lights. The tables were set by April with woolly bush, little white flowers and oh, something else, candles. Yeah. And it was it was. Beautiful. A beautiful so setting. I we, thought it was very rustic, which I was, really, really love. Yeah. Which suited our, our property. Yeah. So Laura and Zach got married on our front lawn mm. with around 90 to 100 guests. Yeah. And the sun was out. This mm. was five o'clock. They had their photos and then they walked into the marquee and it started to rain. Down I, she came. The tears just flowed from my eyes, the relief. The gratitude, <laughs> of, yeah, of it all, I can mm, imagine. It was now. perfect. And we yes. danced the night away. As, as, as you do. Mm. And uh, how wonderful is that? We've got calls coming in uh, a special guest today. We're speaking to Carol Fudge from Banara Nurseries. We're talking living Christmas trees and prepping the garden again for the festive season. Now, you've written down here pool. I'm assuming that's pool gardening? Yes. yes. Get it, getting the pool ready and, yeah. and plants around the pool. Up. Yeah, zhuzhing that up. And uh, speaking of zhuzhing, we are chatting also with Clayton Anderson at five past nine from Infinity Lawn Care. Now, we are talking summer lawn care. There's only four weeks to Christmas. How can you zhuzh up your lawn and have it looking, uh, you know, schmicko uh, on Christmas Day? So we will be chatting to Clayton. If you have some lawn questions, you can send them through, email them through by going to gardening at curtainfm.com.au as well. And we can put those questions to Clayton when we have a chat. Meanwhile... Uh, I have the... Oh, they're not online. Okay, so we've got Brian in Rockingham and he wants to warn listeners about white-tailed spiders coming out at this time of the year. Yes, they are very unpleasant. Take care and invest in good gloves. White-tailed spiders. Have you ever encountered? Yeah, mm. they I, put people in funny. hospital. Um, mm. In the, the bathroom and also in the bedroom and they've been associated with some really nasty, like, flesh-eating... Uh, bugs that yeah. are hard to cure, but mm. that also has been discredited. Uh, mm. And I'm not sure that there's something about if the spider has a bacteria, then that can be an issue. Those certainly who've been uh, bitten or stung, I think it's I'm not sure if, yeah, I think it's bitten, uh, will, you know, they'll be on the side of getting rid of all white-tailed spiders. But they are natural in the environment. They like moist spaces. They, of course, are food for birds. Mm. Um, like with anything, just, you know, take care. Yeah. And uh, Sandy of Fern Hill phoned in and she said she had a gum tree fall and uh, she mulched as much of it as she could. Uh, is it okay to put it on the garden straight away while it's green? Well, that is that is considered green mulch. Mm. And if you lay that onto bare soil where you've got plants growing, it can cause what's called nitrogen drawdown. And mm. what that means is it will pull the nitrogen from the soil to break itself down. Mm. Now, if your garden is already mulched, Sandy, and you put this on top... I find that's probably the best way to do it because the green mulch is not then contacting the soil and there's less chance of that happens. By the time it does get to the soil, then it has begun to break down. You can also add blood and bone to help that 
decomposition. So say that again for me so you don't put it directly onto the soil. If you do put it on onto soil, yeah. what you might see is the, the plants go yellow as yeah. it pulls nitrogen out, out of, the, of soil the soil to break itself down. Yeah. So over time... Um, it will break down naturally. You yeah. can leave it in a pile yeah. to decompose for, yeah. for some time. Uh, but as long as you've got a layer of mulch on the soil, you are then topping up. And that's what I so, often tend to do in my garden. And I use green mulch all the time. It do. gets dropped on the verge and then I spread it around the garden. So most of us already have some existing mulch on our garden. So this could mm. be used to top it up. For sure. Yeah. And... Um, Palletised chicken manure also can help. And one of to, those to products... accelerate the process? It, it does. Oh, it's like a recipe for good soil. It, mm. it helps the microbes mm. and it puts something into the soil. And it's relatively cheap yeah. by the big bag. So yeah. a light sprinkling of that. One of the products does have blood and bone in it. I understand, unless that's changed. Mm. Uh, so I would put that down and then... The, the green mulch on top of that. Like a rooster booster? Yeah, yeah. Okay, got yep, you. Got for you. sure. Okay. 94841927 is our line. You brought me in. A, I'm assuming that you've got this lovely <laughs> bunch of flowers and um, I'm assuming I'll be taking them home. <laughs> well, uh, it's a, a flower grab, right? It looks I like just, a nice grab. Well, yeah, I thought you might like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a range of things flowering at the moment. Look at the beautiful Pierre, Pierre de Ronsard, the Alstromerias, the Princess Lilies. I've actually got uh, a, a second one that's the old-fashioned style that's come into flower now and one of my newer purchases, which yeah. is a dwarf, uh, more compact, and then this terrible weedy one. Mm. But actually it's got the colours of Christmas. It does, it does. And then we've got Queen Anne's Lace Ray. Yeah, And pretty. look at this one. What do you think of this? Uh, more humble flowers but greener than yeah. the Queen Anne's Lace is actually parsley. Is that right? And is the ladybirds so? are Love it. loving it. They've yeah. been flying in and they're crawling all over this. So letting your parsley and herbs go to seed helps bring the good guys in. In. Okay, mm. and yeah. that's in my rose garden. So yeah, that's that's, that's how you encourage it. good bugs. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Mm. I think it's a great filler too. In and the of bars. course, the salvias are going nuts. They are. Gerberas are looking amazing. Yeah. These beautiful white gerberas are what Bev I, brought I, for us before Laura's wedding. Yes. A white gerber is absolutely outstanding, mm. isn't it? There's something very beautiful about pure white. Yes. Yeah. And the hibiscus are, are doing their thing in the yes. garden. Yes, I just noticed my first hibiscus flower as I was driving here today. Oh. As I drove, drove past, I always stare at my yep. garden. And I thought, oh, I've got a flower, my first one for the year. And here we've got these little favourites, nigella. And even the oh, yes, seed pods nigella. look stunning. Yeah, and blue flower, it, right. Yes, and they come up in my garden every year. Then a new favourite of mine is the Arthropodium, New Zealand rock lilies. Oh, yes, I've got a... They yeah. are, they're hardy as, yeah. and the flowers white on stems just looks are just great. beautiful. Yeah, mine have gone off this year. They're looking absolutely great. Because I think when I put them in, they were quite young, and I really had a battle with the snails and things. But as they get bigger, they get stronger, mm. and they're winning. And so they're looking absolutely outstanding at the moment. And, yeah, flowering their heads off, and it does look good. looks really, really nice. They look 
good in pots too. Yeah. So the, oh, they they're do. pretty tough. Yeah, yeah. So that no, that's a I'm new drought-hardy yeah, plant to look fan. out for. Yeah, not 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 good for sun. Yeah. All right. Shall we head to Girawine? Uh We've got Philomena. Hello. Good, good morning, morning, Philomena. How oh, how was the wedding? I'm assuming it was perhaps some. Uh, was it your daughter's wedding? Yes. Yeah. Right, right. My, my daughter got married last Friday, Philomena, and as the mother of the bride, you know, you think you think that's a glamorous title, but honestly, I worked very hard leading up to that. You did. I would love to. There's something special I'm going to tell you. The mother and the bride and the father. My my husband, obviously, was being away quite a or something. When you say the father of the bride has to walk down the aisle, of course she has. Yes. Oh, and that brought a tear to my, my eyes. Oh, boy. Anyway, I said, the father of the bride. And you know when the, uh, the father, you don't say, put your left hand or the right. I said, right, left or right. I said, Melissa, now put your head up, person. Look at your dad. And if you got tears, just kiss each other. And walk down the aisle. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter whether you, now religion doesn't come into it. But I can imagine it must have been a beautiful day already. It was, it was just as it was meant to be. So how can I we know. help you today, Philomena? I must tell you, my beautiful, you know, sometimes I, was, I bought a native lime, a finger lime from the gardening thing in, in the Baylands. And you wouldn't believe it, the first flush that came last year, I just loved watching native bees. And I said, don't touch the plant, Roger. I said, stop touching everything. And you wouldn't believe, all of a sudden, it's blooming so beautifully. So he says, what's that? I said, there's a native lions coming out. <laughs> Honestly, this is what I'm trying to get at me. We tend as human beings say, now grow, now flower. But oh, what I'd like to know is, you did say something that is the best to leave it. If, when a plant is doing okay, just leave it where it is. Yes. 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 And you can tell... You can tell if it's happy quite often. Uh, it'll yeah. be putting on new growth. The leaves will look healthy. Flowering can sometimes be a sign of stress. But native limes certainly like the hot weather. So that should do well for you yeah, now, Philomena. I, I, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know you could run. But, you know, the nasturtium suddenly took off. And I know such a lot of bees coming for the nasturtium. And this is just a little cold that they seem to be so compatible. Then suddenly I decided to use a compost. I said, you're be kidding. There's strawberries coming out and some other things. So whatever you're saying, it's very true. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank you so much for your call, Philomena, and have a lovely day. Have a lovely Thank you. Take care. Okay, bye Thank for you. now. Cheers. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, and let's go to Bentley. Lynn, good morning. Morning, Lynn. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm just ringing about my avocado tree. Um, it started from a seed and it's probably would probably be 15 years old. I put it in the ground four years ago and it's just gone crazy. I had a lot of um, avocados on it. Um, flowers, all the flowers have dropped off and I haven't really looked underneath but I don't think that there's many there and I have a friend in Mandra who has the same, he has a, a established tree but he lost all of his flowers as well 
So what I'm ringing about really is to find out, can I prune it? Because it's really out of control. Yes. I don't mind if I lose the fruit. It doesn't matter. I just want it manageable. Mm. Yep, for sure, Lynn. And that might actually help it to put more energy into the fruit. And, of course, they uh, avocados have a unique sex system where the flowers are male and female and they... They open in the morning for a period of time and then they close up and then the females open up. And so it's a good idea to have an A and a B or have a grafted plant. And actually, next year, we're going to run a a grafting workshop. So we're asking people to save their seeds and grow them, plant them straight away because that will give you the best results. And next year we will let you know when it's time and we'll look into grafting them. So how how much can I chop it? Can I go to half? Mm, I'd probably... Well, how big is it? Oh, it's got to be... It's over the a roof side, however high a roof is. It's just, it's just uh, touching the eaves. Mm. Is yeah, I don't know that I'd go half, but it will also depend on what branching you've got because you want to maintain a, a nice shape. So okay. normally you you wouldn't cut more than perhaps 30% of a tree. Okay. Now the other thing is the temperature. Can I do it to yeah. about 25? Oh, I, that would be perfect. Oh, lovely. Okay. And uh, how are you? Are you recovering from your water situation? Yes. For another time. Yeah, Lynn, I am recovering. And, yeah, I'll, I'll probably have to talk about it before the end of the show. But We're it's all good. I'm really interested to hear yeah. what the outcome's going to be because it could happen to anybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's going to be okay, Lynn. I'll elaborate a bit more later. Okay, dear, thanks for that. Love thanks. show. Thank you. Thanks, Lynn. Bye. Bye. Okay, we're going to have a short break. When we return, we've got Charlie and we've also got an email to tackle. Curtain Radio. You're with Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. Now, Charlie, we know you're there online. We also are going to have a quick chat with our good friend, Carol from Banara Nursery. Stay with us, Charlie, and we will be with you very, very soon. Carol, good morning. You're with Ray and Faye. How are you? Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Faye. How are you this fine morning? Very well, thank you. What a glorious day, Carol. Sorry to get you out of the garden. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I, I've come back in, but I've got some cooking to do today. So, um, yeah, I'm sort of getting into Christmas mode. So. Oh, what are you cooking? <laughs> Oh, a good old-fashioned stained glass window cake that seems to last for six months, which is really oh. nice with cheese and a glass of wine. <laughs> it wouldn't last in our house, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, um, yeah, so I've had the fruit marinating, so I'm going to have a have a bit of a go with that today. And, um, yeah, homemade Christmas pudding and, oh, yeah, man. but I've got... I've got a few veggies to plant and a few bits to do out in the garden today as well. So, yeah, so you're, busy you're, day. Your planning starts a month ahead, at least. Uh, well, actually, no, usually a lot more than this. When I, I used to be more organised when my kids were little and, you yeah. know, the October school holidays yeah. was when I used to do a lot of Christmas baking and the kids would all, would be a great activity, you know, the kids would all get their hands in the cake and 
It was such fun. But, yeah, I'm very much disorganised this year. <laughs> <laughs> so what what are your tips for the garden and zhuzhing it up mm. for, for summertime, not just Christmas? Okay, so zhuzhing it up for the summertime. Well, at the moment I'm looking at the weather next week. It's going to get quite Very hot. hot. So mm. I'm going to go around and I'm actually going to... I've got a couple of roses. I'm going to grab every bloom that's on that rose bush and bring it in and put it in a vase. Funny you should say I'm... that. I was thinking exactly that last night. I was looking at a few things and I thought, I'll leave you for a couple of days, but, boy, you're coming in yeah, yeah, mm, when that, once that heat right. strikes. Yeah. yeah, I might as well enjoy them inside because yes. I think 37 might not go over. No. So bit of deadheading. Um, there's a few of the alstroemerias in the garden that need sort of the older... All the shoots tugged out. I always try to tug them out so that the the sort of from the base rather than cutting them because they look very untidy like that. Um, but yeah, they're just little bits. And I've got I've got to plant some more fresh lettuce and I've got some spring onions and of course basil. The first lot of basil I put in, I think I must have put in too early this year because it was so cold and it hasn't really done terribly well. So I'm going to refresh that now that it seems to be definitely warming up. Well, we would think so, wouldn't we? We've had such a late start to the season. Yeah. I know, I know. I was just looking at my big frangipani tree. I reckon it's a month behind where it Mm. normally is. Yes. They're just starting to sort of get some leaves on the tips, aren't they? They are, they are. And it's interesting, some varieties are quicker than others. Yes. uh, Yeah, they're just just starting to come back. So, yeah, everything's running a little late. So, for the gardeners out there, if you failed a little bit with early tomatoes and cucumbers... don't hesitate. Put more in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you I've have got a- cucumbers to do today as well. Do you have a pool? I do have a pool, yes. What do you do around that? What do I do around that? Well, yeah. I have besides, got, besides um, lie around it and drink wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, most of the time I hover over the grandchildren. You know, yeah. terrified that one of them is going to hurt themselves. Um, well, actually, I have got pots around there. I've got some what I would call tidy plants. So I've got some dracaenas in pots around yeah. the pool that do quite well. A beautiful racist palm um, in a shady corner. So not a lot of flower, but I do have a massive old, old frangipani tree that, yeah, it hasn't come into flower yet, but it's the bane of my husband's life. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. of the, the flowers leaves. dropping or in the, the pool? Leaves, yeah. The flowers dropping in the pool and I tell him it looks pretty and he just grins and bears it. <laughs> mm. yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I try to keep it a little bit free and clear uh, around mm. the immediate edge of the pool, but I do have some beautiful desert roses because obviously it's sunny around a swimming pool, so you need things that can cope with that, that environment. So it's quite sunny and warm, so the desert roses are just magnificent over the summertime. They look gorgeous and they're not too messy. Are they in pots or in the ground? Oh, no, in pots, in pots, in, pots, yeah. in low, um, very shallow uh, bowls yeah. um, around the pool and, and I've got one very old, massive one and it's just, it is, it's outstanding. They they do make a, but they don't, they, they don't like the winter and you've no. got to be careful not to get them too wet over the winter. Yeah, um, no, I, I recently bought one, that's why I was asking, because I've read somewhere with the Adeniums that they like a plate underneath them with the water and they like to take their water from beneath. But they don't 
like to have wet feet no, either, do they? And no, of course, in summertime, that would evaporate quite very quite quickly. quickly. Mm. Yeah, if you're potting them into something, usually a cacti and succulent mix is very good, like something that's really well drained, because yeah. you know naturally they they grow in crevices of rocks in 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 areas. You know, so they have they're very they're very shallow rooted. Yeah, and um, I think they do very very much better. It's almost like a bonsai. Um, you have to keep it moist but not wet. Yes. Yes, mm. but you're right, yeah, they they're do. stunning. Yeah. But, yeah, so juicing up the garden for Christmas is, uh, I guess, about tidying up from the spring. I mean, at the moment, everything's hanging on so beautifully because we haven't had that hot, stinging yes. weather. Yes, yes. But um, I guess tidying up things that, that have finished, some of the, the winter flowering lavenders are finished, so they could probably do with a haircut. A couple of the alstrom areas that don't go through the summertime are starting to look a bit tired. So, yeah, I'd pull most of the, the green off that. Um, if they've finished flowering, but obviously some, the, the princess lilies keep going. I'm, I'm still looking at those, looking magnificent in the garden. So that sort of thing. And then, yeah, just juicing it up. If there's a few holes where things were, I, I guess it's about getting colour. I think um, if you can get into your garden centres now, you, you'd be able to pick up petunias and, the, you know, the good old red and white petunias. You can do bowls to, to cheer up around the, around the outdoor area um, to make it look pretty if you've got family coming over. Um, grab some herbs. It's always handy to have a lovely bowl of herbs by the barbecue, rosemary yeah, and yeah. basil nice. and oregano, mm. just kind of the, the staple go-tos. And, and, yeah, it's, it's kind of nice to have that next to the barbecue because you can always sort of scrunch it up over the top. Lovely. Um, and then, yeah, I was just sort of thinking around Christmas gifts and... and yeah. um, just thinking about that, you know, I'm thinking about the gardeners in my life and what they like and, you know, there's nothing wrong with um, gardening gloves. Everyone runs, I go through gardening gloves about three pairs a year, I reckon. I just seem to wear out all the fingers. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're always a good good staple. Um, but there's some beautiful potted things out there at the moment. Hydrangeas look magnificent at the moment. That's, that's just the perfect. They are, aren't they? <laughs> Instead of taking a box of chocolates over yes. for dinner, you know, just just one of those in flour is just just it's just a happy thing. And it Carol, sure tell us about the different varieties because mm. one of the ones that I've noticed is in flower today has a burgundy leaf in my garden. Yes, there are. There's a lot of breeding, mostly in Europe and and um, the northern hemisphere. There's a lot of breeding with hydrangeas. There's some amazing um, plants coming out with yes, red leaf. There's there's a gorgeous variety called Miss Sayori with a, a red leaf and a pink and white sort of two tone oh, flower. Oh, love that! It is absolutely magnificent. Um, then you've got some, you know, there's a there's a gorgeous deep deep red one, magical ruby red. The magical series are quite long flowered, so the flowers change colour over a period of time and, and just get darker and darker. A lot of that is coming out of sort of cut flower hydrangea breeding where they want the flowers mm. to last for a long time. So that's another one to look out for. The, the colour on that one is just stunning and very appropriate for Christmas if we want to have that sort of red uh, red and green around the house. So that, never, that's a great so one. It's, a, it's called Magical is the actual brand of the there's a there's a range Range. magical there's magical ruby red which is probably a a gorgeous one but there's pearl which is white Mm. and then there's the the pink and the blue actually some of the hydrangeas are a little bit late flowering this season as well um they're sort of all running a little bit you know a month behind i would think um than where they normally are yeah and what about living christmas trees what do you ah recommend? yes, living Christmas trees. Well, 
I I think the Australian woolly bush has got to be my favourite. That gorgeous silver foliage. They're all fluffy and soft and 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 Love very them. bushy. Love them. Um, there, there should be there'd be loads and loads at all the garden centres and and all the major outlets um, would have those. You've got your traditional, what we would call the Norfolk Island pine. Mm. Um, there's also that gorgeous um, pinus variety, Christmas star, which is a, a cutting-grown one that actually smells of lemons. Ah, uh, yes. Foliage. It has that lovely citrusy Love. smell rather than the pine smell, which is yeah, quite nice. it's gorgeous. It's a lovely one. I wouldn't recommend planting those in your garden when you're finished. I think enjoy it for as long as you like, unless you want to keep it in a pot. But, yeah, don't plant that or an Norfolk Island pine in the average suburban. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, what do we do with these babies once we're finished with them at well, Christmas? Yeah. yeah, look, as much as I hate to say it, it, yeah. it, is, um, it is only around for a short space of time unless you're really dedicated and obviously plant them in a pot and nurture them over the winter and use them again in, in future years. But... Um, Mm. I, I think that's almost one that I think after, especially if you're bringing them indoors, by the time you've had it indoors for a month, it, it's pretty much had enough to, yeah. to to become garden mulch, perhaps. Yeah. I didn't say that out loud, did I? Uh, not at all. But I love no. the idea of a real Christmas tree. I really Very. do. And I think I might do that this year, actually. Oh, yeah. they're lovely. And even if you've got your traditional tree inside, exactly. if you're, you know, decorating an outdoor space they're, yeah. they're fabulous for that but obviously you have to remember to keep an eye on the watering make sure you've got it in some sort of container so that the water doesn't leak all over the table or wherever you've got it yes um but, you know you can get a lovely pot you can find a lovely pot to stand them in and um make it very... leave them standing in too much water so that they go go rotten but yeah, the living Christmas trees are, are lovely. We we don't have the beautiful European fir trees here, but yeah. but we've certainly got some Australian ones. There's also the Rottnest Island pine as well. That actually that's lovely. That, mm. That's actually quite nice as a Christmas tree as well. So yeah, mm. keep an eye out for that one. I too. shall. I you know I'd go for that one because it then has got a future use in the garden. It has. They still can get quite big. You know, think think about what the quokkas hide under at Rotnest. I mean, they do get quite quite large. large. Habitat yeah. gardening, Carol. Yes, <laughs> habitat <laughs> habitat gardening. But again, on a, on an average suburban block these days, you have to yeah, you do have to think about the long term size of these sure. things. If you're going to put them in the ground. Well, I have Faye, you see, so I can just um, <laughs> pass it on and she, she when it, yeah, will when find it gets a spot. too big for your I garden, over think to of me. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I thought that's what husbands were for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come and dig this out. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, that too, that happens a lot. So, Carol, let you get back to your cooking and your day and thank you very much and wishing you all the best for the festive season to you and, and yours. You- Yes, you and all the listeners out there too. Um, yeah, gardening uh, gardening gift is good. There's, there's some yeah. beautiful garden centres out there. If you're looking for inspiration for for Christmas gifts, I think, um, yeah, head to your local garden centre and have a look. Oh. There's some really different and unusual gifts. I mean, one of the best gifts I ever received one Christmas about 20 years ago was a worm farm. Yes. The joy for kids and, and me, and I'm still using that same worm farm today, and yeah. I'd get rid of all my Christmas um, kitchen scraps into that worm farm. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah. No, I've had them gifted to me at Christmas time as well, and they were just the best gift ever. So, yes. yeah, I, I right. agree well, have you. a have a wonderful Christmas and, um, yeah, keep happy and get out and garden early in the morning when it gets too hot. Exactly. Exactly, Carol. Thank you very much. Lovely chatting Thank with you. you today. 
You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Wonderful lady, Carol Fudge from Banara Nursery. She's the sales and marketing manager and an absolute font of knowledge. Now we're heading to Yanjabup. Charlie, thank you for waiting. Good morning, ladies. Good morning, Charlie. How can we help you? Uh, last week you had a chap on there about all the sprays and he sprays um, um, like he uses uh, double the strength, he reckons. And oh, just, Bob Melville. Know, yeah, rose our rose man. Yes. Hmm. Uh, is that does that apply to the gardens as well? Or he was referring to roses actually, and chili throop. Hmm. Yeah. But um, but no, not it wouldn't apply to all sprays, Charlie. No, no. The the recommendation is to follow the instructions on the bottle or the packet, and. And do just that. Sometimes double is not best, um, mm. but you need to follow instructions because that's how it works best. And also considering uh, other elements in the environment, the soil and birds, etc. cetera. Um, another question, if I may, ladies. Yes. Um, I've got a big problem with whitefly at the moment and yeah. uh, it's uh, just uh, horrendous trying to... Uh, keep them at bay, you know, they're just everywhere. What everywhere. What are they on, Charlie? Oh, uh, my tomatoes, uh, my uh, silver beet, but even in the in the grass and the weeds, you know, you shake and, and they're, they're just everywhere. Okay. So uh, practising hygiene is one very important part. So any of the weeds that you have, remove your weeds because they're harbouring the white fly. Uh, with your tomatoes, what you can do is remove some of the worst affected leaves. And the whitefly actually like a dry environment. So if you're spraying, and you can just use a spray bottle and you might have a, a little bit of uh, something like a seaweed extract in there, spray that or mist the plant. Now, sometimes if you're not picking a lot of your silver beet, you'll have older leaves there and that's where they're harbouring. So clean clean up the older ones and leave the newer ones so there's less to spray and you might find that you'll be able to get on top of it and your natural predators will move in and help keep those numbers down. Which are the natural predators, uh uh, things like, um, well, in the whole garden, you've got your ladybirds, your lacewings and hoverflies, of which there have been a lot around. You also have parasitic and predatory wasps. So if you've got things like parsley in your garden and that goes to seed, and in fact I've got some here that I've picked today, they, they look suitable for a vase, they're that pretty. But the ladybirds are coming into them and they're often filled with the lacewing larvae, which patrol around and eat small, soft-bodied insects. So having flowers and other plants in your garden can bring in good bugs. Oh, okay. All right. And Charlie, okay. Charlie Linda last week, she also recommended when you disturb them, disturb them a little bit in the morning and vacuum them up if you've got a little <laughs> hand vacuum. Whoosh. Boy, I, I, I'll need to be around with a vacuum cleaner all day. Yeah. But if oh, you're getting rid of some of the older leaves and you're you're moving then, mm. then you're minimising the population. And if you've got yeah. these other plants around, white alisum, uh, parsley, carrots, Queen Anne's lace, 
plants with an umble or umbrella type flower. They've got lots of little flowers and they bring in a lot of the good bugs. Oh, so leave the parsley to, to flower, you say? Yes, uh, yes. Mm. And oh, not okay. only that, the seeds will drop and you'll get new plants. Yeah, yeah, I see that, yeah. Uh, it can get uh, uh, quite, a, quite a few there. Yeah, and all right, ladies, well, I'll try and work on that and um, see what happens, you know, because they're just overtaking. It, it, they're in even the, the young leaves too as well, mm. you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, my, my tomato plants are going really well, actually. Oh, that's good to hear. Well done. Mm. The white fly, it, it's seasonal and it passes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Have a good day and a uh, good weekend. Thanks uh, very much. Th- thanks thanks for waiting online too, Charlie. Cheers. No worries. All right, guys, short break. When we come back, we're chatting with Tim and Ron. Curtain Radio. You're with Ray and Faye. And this is Let's Talk Gardening. We're going straight back out to the lines. We're in Thornley. Tim, good morning. Morning, Ray and Faye. Morning. Um, I've actually got a two-year-old dwarf nectarine tree, um, and it's in a pot, um, and it's got lots of fruit on it at the moment. But what's happened is the root system's gone down through the bottom, and it's actually blocking the uh, holes at the bottom, and it's just filling up with water, and the mm. water's just pooling for a long time. Should I cut that root now or should I wait till after the fruiting season? Uh, if you want your fruit, you probably need to, to leave it, I suspect. If you're potting it into the next size pot, you will have to cut that root, but you're right in thinking you will probably lose that fruit if you do it. Um, so, But you need to free up the pot so that it's not going to fill up with water, Tim. Is it a, a solid pot or plastic or...? A plastic, plastic pot. Oh, okay. So you might be able to drive a, a stake down into it and or a metal rod, you know, just not very wide in diameter and punch some holes through the holes bottom of the, the pot. Okay. You, you certainly need to stop it from pooling. Yeah, because the actual plant's starting to lean over because it's so soggy that the plant's mm. just, like, leaning over now. Well, it doesn't sound healthy, uh, and it's only two years old. I, I wonder if you're just better biting the bullet now and moving it into its its next pot or into the ground and risking the fruit. Mm, okay. If the roots have rotted, uh, then... It's unlikely to hold all its fruit anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah, because um, last season it had about three or four picks of fruit, but the fruit never fully ripened. They mm. just dropped off. Mm. And that relates back to the health of your plant. Mm. Okay. Thank you, guys. All right. Good luck, Tim. Bye. Bye. And let's go to Greenwood. Say good morning to Ron. How are you? Um, good, Faye uh, and Ray. Can you hear me? Yes, sure yes. Can. And thanks for uh, sending the photos through, Ron. That certainly helps. Yes, um, and thanks to John. We managed to uh, achieve the outcome there. <laughs> and uh, I'm in your lap now. If you have any ideas what's causing that plant, uh, plant to look so unwell. Okay. So the mango tree is how old, Ron? It would have to be... 
more than six years, between mm. six and ten. So it's well established and yes, you so haven't had any fruit for three years and prior to that you were getting 72 mangoes at a time. Yes. Exactly. Well fertilised and watered from a bore. So this year it has two flowers. Um, yes. Yeah, the tree itself doesn't look healthy. It's dying back. So possibly, or looking at the leaves, well, there's a couple of things it could be. Could be fertiliser burn or salts building up in the soil. What are the fertilisers that you have been feeding it? I've been using uh, potassium and um, also the uh, the blue uh, fertiliser. Is that MPK blue? Yeah, MBK blue, yeah. Okay. Um, and how much of the potassium have you been giving it? Not, maybe I tend to, tend to hit the tree with that probably just before it starts flowering, around about that time. Yeah. And then I'll give it another dose probably about two weeks or three weeks after that. Mm. And that's about as much as I give it. But uh, the, um, the blue, I give that. Occasionally during the year, I don't do it every regularly on a monthly basis or anything. Yeah. Um, where the tree's dying back, certainly one of the things that I would do is clean it up. So give it a prune back and tidy it up. Uh, the yep. leaves are also like brown and shriveled. So I'm not sure if it's hungry for water. The other thing I would do with the soil... Um, Probably add compost and make sure that the water is getting through. The The tree appears to be in decline. If it is something like anthracnose, then a, a liquid copper or copper-based fungicide would help and even an application of anti-rot could help. problem with the copper, though, is that it can harm the earthworms and the microbes in the soil. Okay. But, yeah, so clean up the tree, prune back the the diseased and dying branches, have a yep. check down at the roots and yep. just see if you can see if they've hit anything, if they've run out of room, if the, the soil is dry um, and a good layer of mulch would also help. But check the soil first. Okay. I've got a bore so it gets overwatered more than uh, not enough water. But I gave it a pruning a back. I read an article somewhere where to thin it out in the middle so you mm. get more light in there and stuff. But yep. I pruned it. I gave it a general pruning all over, I suppose, and it's never recovered from that. No. no, well, there's there's something else going on there because normally after you prune, you would expect to see some new growth and it's it's just not doing that. So it's probably it's either diseased or there's something going on with the roots. And yep. the other thing is uh, understanding about the quality of your bore water, which is quite a thing at the present moment. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, down the two days a week, which is a bit sad, isn't it? Yeah, I I thought the problem was quantity of water, and now I'm understanding that it may be a quality issue. So. Yes, More yeah, on that yeah. later. Yeah, well, look, thank you for the team there, uh, and um, I'll get to work and um, 
try and uh, sort out some of those suggestions you'd told me then. All right. Good luck with that, Ron. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Go well. Cheers. All right. Another little break, and we will be going to the news at 9am as well. Thank you for your company this morning. You're with Ray and Faye. Now, we had an email come in and, Faye, it says, we're growing sweet corn and would like to know if we should remove the two shoots at the bottom of the main stem in order to maximise the growth and fruit. Thank you, Lorna and Miro. No, I I don't think so. I don't think we normally trim back uh, corn leaves because their leaves are the, the factory of the plant. They're processing... Uh, and providing photosynthesis. So mm. they're, they're very important. The more leaves you've got, the more food and nutrition you can get into the plant. A um, bit different with tomatoes. You you take out the the laterals or the ones growing at 45 degrees. Yeah. Um, but with corn, keep them growing and keep them healthy and just let them go up and do their thing. Do their thing. And mm. heat and food and water. Mm will be key Mm. absolutely yes and uh, in the next hour we'll be giving away our $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees and I can see you've got a couple of things in front of you as well we have we've received an email from Jenny and she would like to know what is the name of the flowering plant that she's sent pictures of and it's obviously uh, a flowering cactus uh, epiphyllum Uh, Mm. if it Flowers at night time, there's one commonly known as the moon cactus. So people wait up at night, queen of the night. Mm. And gosh, I've seen some amazing ones with up to 200 flowers. And the scent is just incredible. So that's Mm. that's a very festive plant to have flowering Mm. in your garden in the summer months. Uh, She also asks about the black pudding or sapote which has plenty of fruit, when is the right time to pick the fruit? Well, there's a couple of answers for you, Jenny. One is when the fruit actually goes from shiny to dull and you actually pick them before they're ripe. You don't let them ripen on the tree because they're quite fragile and if they drop, then they will be damaged and destroyed. Um, But there is another way, and this is a pretty practical solution. If you have a look at the calyx, which is the plant where it's attached to the tree, in an unripe black sapote, the calyx will be uh, quite firm and wrapped around the flower or Mm. sitting flat. When the calyx has lifted, then it's time to pick it and then... You ripen it off the tree. Off the tree. That's a good indication. Yeah. I like that. That's an easy one. Yes, indeed. So we've received an email from Pam of Karen Up, and she's got hydrangeas. And Pam, I feel for you because mine are kind of in a similar state, and that is they're very old. They've been there for a long time. Uh, There's a lot of probably older and maybe dead wood, and they're... They've just lost their vigour. Now, part of this could be the area around them is matted and very rooted. So the plant itself actually doesn't have anywhere to go. You could clean out the dead wood that hasn't reshot. I would also take new cuttings. And you you can get through this year by providing everything they need 
in a liquid form. So you you water the plant, um, give it a foliar feed, and they will still perform and do quite well. But long term, I'd look at digging them out, renewing the plants by taking your own cuttings, refreshing the soil, and replanting. Yes, mm. sounds good and that to me. Will give them some new life, new vigor. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we are going to news at nine o'clock, but we've got a couple of minutes here, Faye. So, uh, what else have we got here? Right. Oh, let's talk about these flowers. What else have we got in here? <laughs> what, do you, what do you like the look of? Ooh, I actually I like the new Elstermeria. That's that's a winner, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I and do like that. that. I like just... the throat is a deep pink, and then the petal, and then it turns to white. Yeah. And when I first got that, I repotted it straight away into a water well pot with good potting mix. Do you like them? The water I wells? love them. Yeah. Yep. Extra slow release fertilizer. Yeah. So the plant had access to moisture, but it didn't drown in it. And mm. they flowered all the way through autumn and into winter. They went to sleep and they're just waking up again now. So they, mm. I probably need to give them a good feed. But lovely and compact and just like a bouquet of flowers, just really, really beautiful. And what's this little guy? Uh, the salvia, the... No, no, you've lips. got your hands on it. <laughs> the uh, green filler. You've got your, you're pulling it. Oh, the wedding bush. Oh, is that white what wedding it is? bush? Oh. Little tiny white flowers. Now, actually, Pretty. something Carol touched on, and that was uh, bringing plants inside. But one of my new exciting things, because we all love a bunch of flowers or a bouquet, but table settings mm. and the woolly bush, picking a branch 30 centimetres or so long and getting out your candles. So for mm. the wedding, what yeah. we had was. A t- very tall, glass, straight-sided candle holder. Like a car- hurricane. Do they call that a hurricane-type oh, type style? Well, we know what you're it, talking about. It was about. very straight and it yeah. was quite tall. Then another one that was short and mm. another one in between. And Three various sizes. sizes. Yeah. And they had the fat white candles in, in them. them. Yes. So then at the end of the table, three little tea light candles at each end. Mm. So three very in the mood, centre. Very yep. mood setting, yes. And then in the middle, we had the woolly bush, lovely and fluffy, mm. and that just wound its way through. Uh, I also had olives, olives on some and little white flowers. So there was the... Uh, uh, the pink butter jasmine. Ah, so that gave fragrance. it a little bit of as well. Bling. Yeah, mm. and it was just gorgeous. So And do you have the woolly bush growing at your house? Oh, do I? Yes. Do we I have ever? it naturally, but mm. I planted some. And because I I don't want to see neighbours' houses, I planted three many years ago. They don't even need any water and they've grown up and they make a magical screen. Mm. Last year we picked a big branch and that became our indoor Christmas tree. Oh, I see. But now for these, you know, floral arrangements. Just things you can do because yeah. they're, they're beautiful soft foliage. And, and they look every after day is a well. special occasion, Ray. So why not think think about bringing something in from the garden, Just lighting a candle, mm. drinking champagne if you like, setting the glasses and the napkins and, you know, Enjoy life. Enjoy life. Every day. Love it. It's nine o'clock. 
mostly sunny today. The maximum will be 25. Right now, it's 20.7 degrees. And for Monday, it will be, sorry, Sunday, I should say. I jumped today. It's going to be sunny tomorrow with a maximum of 27. And on Monday, it will be sunny and a maximum of 30. And I can see a 36 sitting there for Tuesday. So we're definitely warming up this week, which is uh, long awaited for by many. I don't think we've had a great deal of rain. We'll put it this way. We did get a few splashes during the week, but the rain is sitting at 33.4 mils, which is what it was last week. So it didn't really show in the areas where it needed to as far as measurement. But uh, I got a few splashes here and there, a bit of thunder, a bit of lightning, a bit didn't of action. Need... Oh, yes, we yeah. did get that. Yeah. But it didn't wash the dirt off the leaves, though. No, I know. <laughs> just, I always say just enough to dirty your car. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah that's, that's, that's it. So now, look, we mentioned earlier we are going to have a little bit of a chat about lawns. Most of us have one like it to look good for Christmas. I'd like mine to look nice for Christmas too. And Clayton Anderson, he's from Infinity Lawn Care and uh, he's going to give us a few tips. Good morning, Clayton. How are you? You're with Rain Faye. I'm good, thank you. And yourselves? We're going well. We're having a great morning, Clayton. Very pleased to hear it. <laughs> how's, how, how's life in general? How's, how's your lawn looking? Uh, or is, is it like where people you're so busy looking after other people's lawns yours goes down the line yeah there's a fair chance you probably wouldn't have me on this morning if you could see it right now <laughs> I don't believe uh, that yeah. oh it's it's uh, it's covered in leaves and I just haven't had a chance to get out to it now I sent you an email uh, whilst I was on air this morning so it's uh, from Mary of Dunkraig Mary if you're listening so I'm going to get Clayton to have a look at that email and um, if you would be a so kind Clayton you might be able to respond directly to Mary on email after yeah, you've had a little chat with us we really wanted to know about how, what we need to do to get our lawns looking fabulous for Christmas only four weeks away scarily so yeah it's, uh, it always comes around quick doesn't it far too quick I guess the first thing um, is making sure that your irrigation system is working correctly, your retic. Yes. Um, I mean, uh, it's basically it's pretty responsible. For, I mean, there's not a lot of point putting down any nutrition or anything if your retic's not working. Yeah, first so, and foremost. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as we see on TV and all the rest of it, you're looking for about sort of 10 mils of water at each sort of watering interval. Yeah, so okay, 10, 10 mils twice a week? Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what we're allowed now. Obviously, with the new restrictions on bores, they're only twice a week now. As well. Unless yeah. you're in a fire zone area and oh, have an right, exemption. Okay. Yeah, okay. I understand. Well, I wasn't aware of that. The um, So I guess if you're mowing yourself, especially if you want it to look really good for Christmas, probably one of the cheapest and best things you can do is put a fresh set of blades on your mower. Yes. Okay, so um, a lot of homeowners probably uh, can't remember the last time they changed their blades potentially, but um, yeah, nice sharp blades gives it a really nice finish, obviously. Far crisper finish. Actually, it's interesting you should mention that. I've been reading on Facebook this week about people having lawn problems and it's getting down to the fact that their blades on their lawnmowers are blunt. I've told Eddie I need my blades sharpened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, like I say, it's really cheap generally to get a new set of blades and it's pretty straightforward fitting them. So yeah. um, I've, actually, I've actually seen on Facebook this week as well people putting them on the wrong way up. Oh, okay. Which, uh, yeah. 
yeah, that leaves a really nice finish. I'm sure you can appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> so be be careful. But that's a very good tip. The the lawn the the blades on the lawnmower. Okay. Yes. Carry yeah, on. Yeah. Like I say. Um, now, obviously, with your fertilizer, mm. um, you don't want to go too crazy with your fertilizer. I mean, there's four weeks. There's plenty of time to get some fertilizer down. Mm. Um, when I apply fertiliser, well, firstly, I should say I'll back up and go, in terms of fertiliser that you use, I like one of the complete fertilisers. So you you don't just have your NPK, like your macronutrients, you also have all your micronutrients. Mm-hmm. So you want a complete fertiliser. Yes. Um, can, now, you re- can you make a couple of recommendations for listeners? Yeah, sure. Do you have any faves? Yeah, a couple. Now, you won't get these at um, Bunnings, unfortunately, but Mm -hmm. um, there's one from a company called Eco Growth. Ah, yes, yes, yes. We know our our mate that's Eco Growth. Dan Sutton. Yeah, Dan Sutton. Ah, rightio. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, one they do, it's in in a green bag. It's called Eco Prime Emerald. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Okay. And um, probably in terms of another complete one that I really like is one called Bailey's Energy Turf. Okay. Okay, so both of those, you're probably going to have to go to a smaller um, hardware store or an agricultural store or something like that. The Bailey's, I think, you could probably get online. Yes, definitely. And uh, now, yeah. Yeah, always tricky to find a stockist with that one. Um, but mm. yeah, I always manage to source it when I needed it. So they're ones that uh, you find very helpful. I think those two, like I say, you don't need to add anything else if yeah, you're using that's good. these. Yeah, you're not having to buy a bit of this, bit of that, you know, mm. and um, mm. all the rest of it, storing all this gear. Um, one thing I'll really like to do with those fertilisers too is you'll notice on the application rates, for example, it might be three kilos every 12 weeks. Mm. I actually prefer to halve that and go one and a half kilos every six weeks. And the reason being is if you are heavy handed, you won't, you don't get the surging growth. Mm. Okay. You just get a consistent, nice, even growth. I find. And Clayton, if you're doing it every six weeks, will that maintain a strong, healthy green? Or will absolutely. it peter off towards the end? No, absolutely. It, um, it keeps it nice and lush. And both those products I mentioned have iron in them as well, which will help with colour, obviously. Yes, as well. Okay, so uh, um, less but more often is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just sort of keep trickling it through, you know. So yeah. um, you're not trickling it, but yeah, rather than just sort of like get a surging growth, which you don't really want. Because uh, the tendency then is for people to go and sort of mow it down and, you know, really sort of basically cut off all that growth. And then they get you know, the sun, which... the heart, you know, the heat on top of that. Yeah, yeah, and they stress the lawn. Yeah, so... yeah. and how, what do you think with the uh, heat coming in this week? Uh, not a problem for our lawns? Oh, I mean, if you haven't already put down some wedding agents, it's probably a really good time to do it. Yeah. And how often should you redo that, do you think? Do you know what? I guess it depends on the product that you're using, which wedding agent you use. If you're um, using a good quality one? Okay. Well, they're, they're quite different. Um, the one that Eco Growth do is very popular with homeowners, I know. 
Um, I'm pretty sure they say every four weeks off the top of my head, but I, when I've used it in the past, I use it three weekly over summer. Wow. Because I just found that it um, tended to start drying out a bit in that sort of last week, so that's why I changed it three weekly. Mm, so that's something we should get down this week before the, the hot weather hits, I guess. Yeah, if, if you haven't put one down, now, now would be a great time. Gosh, it seems like I only just did it. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I mean, I, I don't generally do them, like I say, till probably the first week of December. But, yeah, it's, um, a lot of lawns actually dried out at the start of spring, I noticed, as well this year, which was, was quite early, like sort of driving around Perth. Yeah. There were quite a lot of really dry lawns already, you know. So mm. um, in terms of other good wetting agents, um, Eco Hydrate's a really good one from Organic Crop Protectants. Yep. You can get yep. that in Bunnings. Yep. I really like that because it's also got fulvic acid in it and some seaweed. Um, now, once again, I'm pretty sure their application rate's four weekly, but I like that one two weekly. Mm-hmm. So... Um, doesn't work out the cheapest, but it's very effective. Mm. And will that green up the lawn as well, Clayton? Oh, to a, to a very very fine degree. Okay, probably help a little. Yeah, I mean seaweed definitely helps. A good seaweed. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if my pronunciation's good. Um, there's a seaweed type, Ascophyllum nodosum, and it's um, it's a Norwegian one. You'll have to buy online in WA, and it's a really, really pure kelp, and that actually does help with colour to a degree. Yeah, yeah, I've okay, used it, so done. I know I know what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And is it too late now to vertimo or anything like that? Um, if you're going to aerate, I, I, sorry, I'll say vertimoing first. You, you may not have your lawn looking schmicked by Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, you may have to wait a little longer, okay? If uh, if you're looking at aeration, the most common form in home lawns is coring. Yes. Um, you could probably do that up to a week before Christmas. Okay. Okay. So those, um, basically with coring, the plugs are removed from the soil. They're, they're generally on um, the aerators used in residential lawns between 6 to 10 centimetres long, if you like. Um, so you're removing plugs about that sort of length and sort of about a three-quarter inch, five-eighths of an inch in diameter. Um, so those holes should grow back in before Christmas pretty much. So okay. when you aerate it, do you then top dress or level it to fill the holes or do you apply something to get down there at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. All of those things, to be honest. Um Depends what you want to do. Um, a lot of people will use the sand um, to help firm up the surface and level it, as you said. Yes. Um, if you're doing that, you'd apply a high dose of fertiliser as well, just to sort of bring everything back. Um, I also really like coring and then applying a compost. Yep. Okay. Um, I wouldn't be doing that probably even now that the compost will probably still be there at Christmas, could be. Mm. So it might be a little unsightly. But, that, but that's something really nice to do for a lawn, I think, at the start of spring, start of autumn. 
Yep, so you're yep. getting a really nice, even growth year round. And done correctly, you don't lose colour in your lawn over winter. Yeah. My experience. Mm. Yeah. And you really need to do these things like, I know I did it too late last year and we went into yeah. the cool months. So it took a long time to recover. Yeah. So you've got to work on it when the lawn is actively growing. Definitely. Mm. Definitely. Um, I mean, a lot of homeowners, I'm guessing that there's different reasons for coring. The, the main benefit of coring is growth stimulation. Yeah. So basically you can simply core and put down fertiliser as you normally would at a normal application rate. And, um, yeah, you'll definitely get a, um, some growth stimulation. And things it's really good if you've got some thinner areas in your lawn. And what about if lawns are hydrophobic? Is it helpful for that? Not um, in, con- in conjunction with the wetting agent, yeah, yeah. it's definitely going to help. Yeah, okay. but um, going back to what you're saying, so did you, so you cored your lawn what late last autumn? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. And then it was probably a week or so before I got the top dressing on to it, and I used a lawn blend, but the lawn yes. just well, it just didn't really take off. Yeah, okay. So that so that top dressing sat on there for a good while. Well. I didn't, I only put it in between the leaf blades, but it hung around right. for a long yeah. time. The lawn just didn't knit. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that, that is a risk if you do it too late. Mm. You, you still want those ground temps to be nice and high, you yeah. know. So, um, like some people have their lawns cored in winter and, um, yeah, it's really not a very good idea because you actually um, get quite a lot of weed growth doing that, yeah. okay? Yeah. Because because they, the holes won't heal as quickly, mm. okay? So it's a great opportunity for weed seeds to get established and all the rest of it. There's a, there's a different type of aeration done then, but um, I'd suggest most homeowners wouldn't be sort of doing it through the winter months. No, work on it when it's actively growing and that way you get fast recovery. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it, and it does. It does really give it a good boost. Yeah, Clayton, you've given us all a lot to think about. Thank you very, very much. If listeners would like to get in contact with you, infinitylawncare.com.au. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Would like to learn more or see what 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 services uh, you actually do provide. Um, thank you very much, Squire. You appreciate your time this morning. Let you get back to your weekend or back to the day job or. Uh, what are you going to be up to? Uh, I'm actually out buying fertiliser, funny enough. How funny that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. 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 All so, right. Appreciate that. Thank you very, very much. Talk to you soon. Have a good weekend, ladies. You too. Thanks, Clayton. Bye. Bye. And actually, Ray, with only a month to go, it's surprising what a difference it can make just mowing and edging your lawn and defining the edges of the garden bed and pulling mm. out a few weeds. Yeah. That can really lift a garden. There's nothing more impressive, is there, than a, a, a beautiful green lawn? I think that really does. Yeah, well, and I like um, what we call heaping the edges. So I go round after it's been edged. Right. I get a sharp shovel. I dig it down, and I sever any um, any lawn growing into the garden beds, any runners, mm. and then I just cut them out with a, a small fork, actually, and then I rake it with a soft leaf rake just up onto the garden so I've got a nice edge so 
the the top of the lawn isn't flush with the garden bed. Mm. There's actually a a ridge or a yeah. divot, uh, yeah. and that freshens up the edge of the mulch yeah. and looks, makes sure there's no good. lawn going in there. Mm. And mm. schmicko. Then yeah. I get the hedge trimmer and trim <laughs> up all the bushes. And oh, we're we're getting there. We're in business. Mm. All right, nine four eight four one nine two seven. It's 22 minutes after nine. You are tuned to Let's Talk Gardening. Now, a $25 gift voucher is up for grabs from Bigger Trees in Pickering Brook. We had a gorgeous email come in during the week from one of the previous winners. And rather than read out how fabulous Bigger Trees is, and of course they are, and they do specialise in frangipanis, ornamental and fruit trees... Uh, they have a really big display, but Bill Massey uh, went up there recently and he sent this email. It's it's a great little testimonial. I'll read it to you very quickly. And he's saying, good day, ladies and all. My granddaughter and I have just arrived back home from our visit to Bigger Trees Nursery after investing the gift voucher and a bit more. And he says, wow, this is not just a nursery. It is an experience, a destination and a day out. And so it is. And he met Kerry, the staff and the friendly dog. What a fantastic range of plants, inviting and extensive, but not expensive. Very fairly priced. This is a must-visit venue for all gardeners and would-be gardeners. So much to choose from. And uh, he said, psst, free tea and coffee. Okay, (laughs) not a destination if you are time-challenged because you need time to browse. Take a picnic to enjoy across from bigger trees in the bush where there are tables and chairs already set up. He's saying, just do it. That's from Bill Massey from... Uh, I was about to say he's from uh, Property Gurus. That's right. And, uh, maybe he'd like a um, a marketing job on our Let's Talk Gardening team, Ray. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And he's also saying they bought uh, an Indian guava, grapevine, red currant, and a pepino tree and some succulents. Yeah, look, there's so much to choose from. Well, and it wasn't long ago Bill was sending us photos of hooks and that's uh, right. recycled items that he'd that's made. That's right. For use in his garden. Yes, that's right. So he's uh, he's quite a crafty little mm. fellow, is, is our Bill Massey. So thank you for sending in. What a fabulous testimonial. If you would like to find out for yourself and you'd like that $75 gift voucher, not to have won a prize in the last 28 days, and you must be a Curtin FM member, please. Here is John's question. In the song Vincent, Don McLean sings a verse. Shadow on the hill, sketch the trees, and the what? Which flower should Vincent sketch? Now, this is a little bit difficult. In the song Vincent, that's the name of the song, Don McLean sings a verse. Shadow on the hill, sketch the trees, and the which flower should Vincent sketch? Okay, nine four eight four one nine two seven. This is a harder one. I hope you're but not going to ask me, Ray. No, if you know your music, no, I wouldn't know. If you know your music, and most of our listeners really, really do, they will know which flower we are referencing. Okay, hop to it, guys. And meanwhile, we're in Port Kennedy. Kay, good morning. Hey, Faye and Ray, how you going? We're well. uh, good, thanks, Kay. Hey, lovely to hear it. I'm glad your wedding went wonderful. It oh, beautiful. It was just divine. Yes, I haven't put up all the photos yet. I've been waiting for the bride to do her announcements. Oh, okay then. Well, you better you better get on to it and make it look pretty and then stick them up and then we can all have a look. Absolutely. I'll do that, Kay. All right, no worries. Thanks, mate. I'm just ringing. I like that man talking about the lawn. Now, I've got a half a bag of... of uh, 
uh, wetter soil. Can I just chuck that over the top of my grass or not? You can, and then you'll have to get out with the hose and force it in and watch it bub- bubble, bubble up, up to make yeah. it work. Mm. Okay, okay. Because I just thought I just want to throw it away, and I thought, oh, I've got this little bag. Uh, I've used it for most bits and pieces, and I thought, what can I use? And then when I heard the man talking about the lawn, I thought, I wonder if I can just chuck it all, the last little bit, all over the back of it. And, Kay, I've got a little saying for you. Yes. Use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without. And I think anyway. there's, there's probably a lot of people out there that have got products in their sheds. Yeah. So maybe it's time to do a stock take. And if there's any bottles of liquid wetting agent, um, fertilizers, better, better off on your garden than sitting in your shed, that's for sure. Yeah, because I've got a little bottle of sea salt too. Oh, oh there you well, go, Kate. Yep. Looks like you've got a little bit of work ahead now. That's it. All right, thanks, Faye. Thanks, Ray. Enjoy the day, and I'll and I'll keep listening. Okay. You too. Bye, Kay. Thank you. Bye. Well, she's got all those products. They burn a hole in my pocket. I know I have to use everything up. I'm forever. If I have stuff sitting there, I will use it. I don't. I don't have to. Well, I'm out of liquid fertilizers. Yeah. yeah, me too. So. Yeah, I need to. I need to do a run, <laughs> and, they, I and I never a, get out of those runs for under two hundred dollars. Let me tell you, I have a B list. It's kind of next to the shopping list. So when I'm walking around the garden, thinking, oh, I need a, a new basket liner for that. I need potting mix for this. Uh, yeah, I just I start my list, list so that yeah. when I go, you can get I'm, it all I'm ready. Yeah, exactly. I must. I'm not a list girl. I sh- I need oh. to. I know. I know. I think it gets addictive because I know before the wedding, I was putting. Everything on the list, mm. and and then we started working through them, and it was an endless task. Yeah, it doesn't end. The list doesn't end. That's why I don't no, do them. And I want to keep on that list because mm. I'd like to keep up with things better. We've now reached this standard. Yeah, this high. And um, mm. yeah, yeah, I appreciate. It. Now our listeners are so smart. Seriously, wow. Uh, so the competition has been won. Competition has been won by Irene in Gosnells. I have a feeling we know Irene, actually. So the question was, in the song, Vincent, Don McLean sings a verse, Shadow on the Hill, Sketch the Trees and the Daffodils was the answer. Ah. Okay, so congratulations to Irene. $75 gift voucher on its way to you this week. Enjoy. Let us know how you spend it. Okay, 94841927. All right, I'm just checking my sponsor breaks to make sure that I'm all on track. You've got an email? Yes, Helen has asked a question. Any ideas? What is the thick bush outside aspects at Kings Park? It looks like a woolly bush, except fronds are much thicker than the Albany woolly bush. Fronds are about 8 to 10 centimetres thick and make a very effective screen. Well, Helen, I do believe it is one of the wooshy bush. Um, the woolly bushes and there are a few varieties that have come into cultivation of course they can look uh, a little different where they're well irrigated and fertilized but they they are all a variety of woolly bush I'm pretty sure that it is just one of the varieties so we may try and follow up which one it exactly is to let you know yes but they're so fluffy and soft they have a beautiful green with a glint of silver in them 
very Christmassy, actually. They are. Mm. They are. So and, and great for table decorations. Yeah, as you've just mm. as you've just found out. Absolutely. Okay. You know, I think we could have a little song. Yes. How does that sound? I like that idea, Ray. A little, little bit of Elvis. Okay. I got stung. Elvis, of course. No, no introduction required. I hope you don't get stung in the garden today. Well, I hope so too. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you've had a big week, a stressful yes. week, and for those some listeners may be aware, if I had quite, a, you're on the news mm. and uh, a few times, and, and and nationally as well. And yeah, go ahead. Well, as everybody knows, we had a, a big wedding last weekend. Yeah, and then... we had a wonderful weekend. We had the Fern Society Christmas <laughs> yeah. party on Sunday, yes. and it was a yes. fabulous day, a fabulous weekend. <laughs> Everyone was so happy. And then on Monday morning, you got a Bam. rude, you got a rude letter <laughs> in your email, your mail. I did. Yes. I received a registered letter, mm. and it in bold print stated, "You are advised not to drink the water, yeah. not to fill the swimming pool." not to water the edible gardens and that just i just came just crashing you. down mm. um and i i hit the ground running and uh, for anyone who's been following the story this has come from jandcott airport we live near the boundary and they have tested the water and i mentioned a few weeks ago how a bore had gone in on the verge and they were testing groundwater levels mm. well they they have found there are above acceptable drinking water levels or Australian standards of perfluoroalkyl, and this is known as PFAS. PFAS, yeah. Uh, now, this comes from firefighting flo- foam, foam that hasn't yeah. been used since the early to mid-2000s because they are, are aware of the risks. Um, so what happened after that, I got in contact with Colin from Bullsbrook and he came down, cancelled all his work and came down to inform us and uh, let us know about what they were going through at Bullsbrook. Now, Jandicott is not the same story. No. Um, Channel 7 came, Channel 9 came, um, you know, and I talked about what we were going through at that point. I was full of fear and now we're moving through the facts. So yeah. I've done a lot of homework. The letter that came from Jandicott Airport was actually very informative, mm. but I wasn't in the headspace to actually decipher it until later pro- in the pro- week. Process there it. are links in mm. there. There mm. is a website called jandicottupdates.com.au. Now, this was created last week over a period of one and a half days. And it has a lot of information in it. Our street, Clements Place, and a part of Lakes Way got this letter. Uh, there was a map with a lot of blue covering. And, and at the time, I didn't grasp that we were in a dark blue area. Zone, yeah. Whereas others around the airport and around the area were in a lighter blue area. So yeah. we're the ones of greatest concern. So it's mm-hmm. a, a small area that's impacted. What they've now done, they delivered us water straight away. And yesterday we had our house tank filled with water so we can now shower mm-hmm. uh, and and use clean drinking water uh, through our house. So that's, yeah. that's been a great relief. We don't 
now have to go, go to, to neighbours and friends yeah, to have a shower. Yeah, use their showers, yeah. Um, so that that's really good. They have been very good at informing us and they did have a hotline on that number. Initially, I was reluctant to contact them because I felt that they were on the other side. Um, mm. In fact, they're on our side. They provided us with a feedback, which once again, I didn't want to tell them all our business, but I've now provided the information because this is how they're going to help us work through this situation. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I've, I've moved through the facts. This chemical is persistent in the environment. Dr. Peter Keating arrived on my doorstep during the week and he does not believe that we've got reason to be alarmed. He's from bioscience and he does water testing. So he's been studying this for a long time. Yeah. So I've I've calmed down, I've learnt more mm. and the um, the environmental scientists have also come and taken water samples, mm -hmm. I think four water samples, our pool, our kitchen tap, our outdoor tap and our rainwater tank um, and they will test that and we will get the results of those tests next week. Now this is very persistent in the environment. And it's natural in the environment. So we have species in our natural bushland, uh, gastrolobium and oxalobium species. Our insects and fauna have have grown up with this. They're right. used to it. Right. The, the gastrolobium, of course, is where they get the 1080 that poisons foxes mm. and affects dogs and cats. Mm. So they're introduced species that are not used to it. Um, a lot of people have this in their systems. It's all around us in stain-resistant carpets, in uh, protective waterproof clothing, yeah. and non-stick fry pans. Uh -huh. So we are exposed to this everywhere. So once I started to get the facts all in balance, and uh, Peter was very good at sitting down and explaining everything to me, I the facts stack up. And we have less to worry about. We're still at the early stages and the airport are monitoring the spread. But as I said, this affects our little pocket. There is no reason for everyone to be greatly concerned. Alarmed. Okay. Mm. What about your veggie and garden, your fruit trees? Yeah. Um, we're not sure at this stage what our water will show because, you know, in in summertime I'll be out hand-watering the garden and I drink from the tap. You all do. Mm. The, the swimming pool I've talked about before, I fill with bore water and PFAS does not evaporate, mm. so it's more concentrated in a swimming pool, in our duck and chooks water, in bird baths. Um, and if you cook with it. Well, and yes, or have it in the kettle. In the kettle. So concentrates it. Mm. Oh dear, it's interesting. Okay, so it's to be continued. Yeah, but so I'd like, I'd like to thank everyone who has contacted me. Yeah, and and offered their support. We have moved from fear to facts. Yeah, and I no longer am alarmed. I believe that we will manage this. I believe that the future of my garden will still uh, be quite okay. I believe we will be able to stay there. The bush is going to be protected. Okay. My grandchildren are, are going to be okay. And we now have more awareness and understanding. Mm. And um, yeah, I'm sorry if I've frightened people and 
I was when I, when I first I was, spoke to you and I got off the phone, I had goosebumps all down oh. my arms. I, you know, initially was, you know, just I think it's the fear of the unknown. But we don't know at this point what the outcome looks like, do we? And when that might be. And I, I don't think it's as bad as what we initially, initially thought. thought. Okay, yeah. well that. That to be continued. Like, to be continued. Mm. Okay. We're in Mundaring. Margaret, hi. Oh, good morning. Morning, yes. Margaret. Absorbed in your... Chat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Um, oh, goodness. The woolly bush. Sorry, have I... Yeah, that's right. Oh, the woolly... Not... That's right. Um, yes, this woolly bush, and it's very interesting to hear that there's different varieties because I thought... Your comment about growing it as a screen would be ideal um, to protect. I know citrus don't like wind. Yes. And as I was planning to um, renew a lemon tree, um, I, or the question also came up with um, at what age the new lemon tree does one cut off the leader so that you can stop it growing too tall and you can't reach the fruit. Mm. Well, some uh, different lemon trees will achieve different heights and I guess you would, when you get it to the height you want, so um, a height that you can reach for pruning and a height that you can attain for picking. Okay, so you wait till that height to cut the leader off. Uh, or you, do you do it a bit earlier? You might do it a bit earlier to allow it and encourage it to branch. So yes, that's what I was thinking. Mm. Yep, you could certainly do it early. You, it, you'll make that decision by looking at the tree yes. and sort of asking that question in your head, you know, how, do, how big do I want this to be? If it's going straight up um, and it's, say, four foot out of the ground, you might just nip the top out and that'll encourage it to probably put out two shoots. Yes, yes, yes. So um, with these woolly bushes, how how um, wide, how far apart should you grow a, a group of them to create a, a windscreen? Well, yeah. when you're creating a hedge, one thing you might want to do is uh, plant them in a zigzag pattern. So instead of putting them in a straight line, of course, if, if something happens to one, then it, it's quite obvious that you're missing one in a hedge. But if you do it in a zigzag pattern, they can overlap and, you know, a, a metre. If you did it a metre, they would establish very quickly. Um, if you're doing a very big area, of course, dollars are another factor. Working out how wide they're going to spread... And then planting them so they they're close enough that they will um, join up, not just touch each other, but they will overlap a bit. Yeah, you want that. Oh, that's a good idea. It's yeah. quite mathematical, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then if one does suffer, you could replace it. Yes. Um, much more easily, couldn't you? Yes, and it's not not so obvious if you plant them all in a straight line and something happens to one. Yeah, uh, you have this gaping. Yes, hole. it mm. doesn't look very good. But mm. if they're offset, it's, it's more subtle. Yes, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's lovely. 
Thank you very much, Faye. You're welcome. Thank you, Margaret. Bye for now. Cheers. Bye. Okay, we've got about 15 minutes left of Let's Talk Gardening. Let us know what's happening in your garden. 94841927. Okay, you are tuned to Let's Talk Gardening with Ray and Faye. We do get into some deep conversations off air. Now, Ray, one thing that we haven't covered um, on the Magic Roundabout of the week yeah. was the the Fern Society gathering last Sunday. Yeah. We mentioned it, but what an awesome day that was. It really was. Yeah, we <laughs> were, were able to use your situation. and the, Obviously not the marquee because it was quite warm, but we had all the tables and chairs yeah. set up outside under the trees and it was a glorious day. It was. So my yeah. daughter... Uh, organised a clear marquee for her wedding because she wanted the the stars and we could actually see the rain coming through. Mm. Um, But, of course, in the daytime, what we didn't know until the marquee went up was that the temperature inside a marquee with a clear roof doubles. We didn't know. And it was like I'd said to John, well, we've got this marquee here because we've had the wedding. May as well use it. Yes, let's use it. And, uh, of course, then I started to panic. Two things. One, when were they going to take the marquee down? Mm. And then two, well, it clearly was like a sauna. You couldn't, you just couldn't be in there. (laughs) So we just um, Mm. trekked all the tables and chairs out onto the driveway and set them up there and covered them with white tablecloths. And the weather was just beautiful. It It was a perfect day for sitting out in the garden and just relaxing and about 82 while. members yes uh, booked in for the day and the catering at both events was spit roast professionals and they did an outstanding job the meat was tender the salads were beautiful the chickpea curry was yum, amazing yum. it really was and the desserts were lovely so desserts yeah hats incredible. off to them and mm. to carlisle events hire because those guys worked so hard putting that marquee up Ah. And uh, and the rain was forecast, and mm. there was was there torrential rain the day before. There really was. Oh my goodness! But mm. it all went off without a hitch. Yeah, yeah. And then there was a bit more. I have had a bit more news. Yes. Um, and that was uh, my daughter gave a speech at her wedding, and mm. then she made an announcement that mm. they were expecting another little surprise in May. Yeah. And then they did a gender reveal, and boom. She's having my granddaughter. I know. So how many grandchildren is that for That you will now? make six. I'll make six gardeners. Six <laughs> yes. little Akara gardeners that running around. Six out little there. environmental soldiers. Yeah, exactly. No, mm. that was that was the icing on the cake, I suppose, oh, for everyone at the wedding. Wow, what yeah. a, what a week. Yeah. What a week. Bit of a roller coaster. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right, so what should we be doing in our gardens now, if vegetable-wise? Well, you know, if you've just had a wedding, everything's looking really good. So you stay on top of it. You keep making your lists. You get out there and you play amongst it. So Mm. you can finish off all those jobs that you didn't quite get to. And deadheading. Deadheading. Weeding, making sure that you're you're up with your uh, wedding agents, mulches. Be careful about any of the manures or smelly products because with the warm weather, the flies are coming in too. Yeah, they can be shocking. So I'm, I'm very careful about what I mm. add to the garden at this time of mm. year. Liquids are very good. And of course, 
your pots, your vegetables, your herbs, etc. They do really well with a boost uh, of, of something like seaweed or fish fertiliser or your complete flower and fruit mm. fertilisers. So Thrive, Miracle Grow, Aquasol, Power Feed, any of those. Some you can mix together with a seaweed and that helps as well. And for your hanging baskets, if you haven't already done it, dipping them or soaking them in a bucket of seaweed will just green them up no yeah. end. Yeah, that's um, a really good tip. Yeah, and I've seen, you know, people have said recently, oh, the salts build up in the soil. Well, crikey, how much are you putting in there? You know, little mm. and often is is a good thing. Yeah. Um, but, yes, yeah, soaking these baskets in even a, a liquid wetting agent helps them hold moisture so yeah. they don't dry out as quickly. As easily because they are mm. a challenge in the summer and they are forecasting that we're in for another very hot summer. Oh, yeah, I know. please. I know. It's been know. such a late start to it. What will be will be. I, Every day is a special occasion. Let's just wake <laughs> up. But baskets and, are hard to maintain in, <laughs> if we have treacherous heat. So that's what I was yeah. um, trying to so get to. put them in a protected environment. Yeah. You know, you may have a panel of shade cloth that you can and bring down And prevention is so much better end. than cure. And yeah. we need to be doing that now. Yeah. yeah, because we've got these hot days coming up. Well, and other styles of baskets would include your water well pots. Yeah. And I, yeah. I love them. They work very well. If your baskets haven't been replenished for some time, maybe you need to redo them because mm. they can get very root bound and then there's less soil in there to yeah. hold moisture and nutrients. Yeah. So give them a bigger basket and then you've got more to play with. If you've got pots, sitting a, a plastic pot inside another pot gives it some insulation. Yes. And of course then move them around too. Put them in a situation where they are protected. protected. On a really hot day, Take them from hanging and put them down at ground level where it's cooler. And you can look after them better. Yeah, because mm. I think we got caught out a bit last year when some of this heat came in in the manner that it did and a lot of plants got burnt very quickly and we just weren't quite there prepared. So And plant selection is a big one, Ray. You mm. know, there are some plants that are really tough and they don't need a lot of um, TLC. Some yeah. geraniums, the Alstromerias, for example, uh, you... You can almost set and forget them. You know, they're very I, yeah. forgiving. Mm, yeah. I must say I have very little success with Elstermarias. I don't know what I do wrong, but I don't grow them easily. And oh. it might be it right. might be my... Well, my tip is you, you buy you, go and buy a new one. All right. Repot it into a bigger size pot. Oh, so I'm putting them in the ground. Uh, mm. Try it in a pot and Try, give it okay. some TLC. Mm. If you give any plant a lot of love, it will reward you. So I might make a feature. It. I might overlook things. I very well And might. they make a great entrance <laughs> all around your patio. They do. A, a neighbour of mine's got them in just white and they're these mounds, these domes or drifts, mm. if you like, of white and they look amazing. So, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll try again. that. Try again. Okay. Yes, well, thank you. All right. 94841927. Curtain Radio. You're with Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. We're going to Yokine talking about a frangipani with Roma. Good morning. Good morning, Roma. Hi, yeah. Roma. Oh, good morning. How are you all? Very good. How can we help you? Um, well, I've got an old frangipani. It's over 50 years old. Wow. 
It's a beautiful one, yellow mm. centre, white with a yellow centre, yes. beautifully perfumed. Now, I've noticed that some of the branches in the middle of the tree are going, they're dying. They're actually going rotten. Okay. Really brown and rotted. Okay. Uh, so what do you think that could be? Potentially they they could have uh, been damaged at some point and during the winter, the long winter that we've had, they've begun to, to rot and become diseased. So the first thing to do, Roma, is to cut them back. So cut them back into yes. new healthy growth and let yes. them heal. And just by by removing the dead, dying, diseased branches, mm-hmm. the plant will put its energy into the the healthy growth. And as the new growth comes, just monitor it and make sure there's no further dying back. Yeah, I thought it just might spread down into the rest of the branches. Well, if you're cutting back into healthy wood, they Far should enough, heal. Yeah. And then let's see what happens next. Okay. Okay. One All step right. at a time. Thank you for that. Okay. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Bye, Bye Roma. Bye. 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 And just quickly, what's happening next week in the program? We will be speaking with A.B. Bishop, and she is the new editor of Gardening Australia magazine. Which and is a she's a habitat magazine. lover. Yeah. So, all things habitat, creating habitat. She's written the book, Habitat. Uh, and how we can look after our gardens and the environment. And the environment. So that's happening next week. Now, you've written an article for Gardening Australia. When can we get our hot little hands on that? I think that is coming up in the January edition, edition. May. And Ray? you wrote about? Malalukas. Malalukas. Yeah. Honey myrtles, paper barks. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, well, we look forward to learning more about that and getting our our little hands on it. And what else did we need to cover off before we sign off for the morning? Well, the only other thing that we haven't addressed, Ray, yeah. is an email that came from Karen. So she's back oh, from Karen. Austria. Hello. Welcome Hello. back, Karen. Yes, yes, yes. She wanted to ring in early, but her voice is gone. So <laughs> hopefully she hasn't got COVID. Mm. Uh, and she, she's after some information about a few things. And after having trim quite a few of her plants, jade bush, miniature umbrella, which is not very miniature. Uh, she wants to know if she should give them some fertiliser. Yes, perfect time. The weather's mm. been mild. Uh, I know it's cranking up now. And she's just got back from a holiday. So, yes, Karen, if you haven't fertilised, throw some complete controlled release fertiliser around your plants. Your elderberry yeah, they do get straggly. They're sort of they can be tall and gangly. They're like big bushes. So just give it a cut back and keep it to the size you want. Shall I cut down my strelitzia? All the flowers are gone. Or wait until after summer. Well, really, you can deadhead these. Cut out any of the dying um, leaves and cut down the flower stems yeah. and just tidy up the plant. Yeah. She says uh, wild. Poinsettia coming up everywhere in my garden. They grow very slim and very tall and I can't seem to make them bushier. Actually, some of the stalks dry up and they can do because when you cut them back, they tend to open up and take in water. Mm, uh, what I to see. do? Well, you know, if 
if they look weedy, treat them as weeds. Pull them out. Mm. If you want them, keep trying to cut them back and they should bush up. Because they're a little euphorbia, aren't they? Yes, they Mm. are. Be careful of the sap. Yes. Uh, She says, I wish you a lovely show and hopefully we'll feel better next week to talk to you. So there we go. Thanks, Karen. Lovely to hear that you're back. And last week I mentioned uh, there's a new little Facebook group called WA Garden Buddies and uh, we do recommend it. Uh, Kerry Dawes is the administrator, doing a fantastic job if you'd like to join. It's very easy. We're both members of it. WA Garden Buddies. Uh, she posts some fantastic informative information and, of course, all the gardeners get on this little Facebook page and we all learn more and we all interact. And, and she she finds competitions oh, all over the place. She's she amazing. She posts that are uh, interesting and informative. Yeah. She keeps everyone up to date with what's on where and what's yeah. on our show this week. If I give her enough information, information. Enough. Yeah, no, she's been sensational. So that's WA Garden Buddies on Facebook. Just Google and you'll find. All right, that's our morning, guys. Um, thank you very much for your company. We had Jill Flores in the chair for our lovely Bev Daring, John Glidden, thank you very much. And our special guest, Carol Fudge from Benara Nurseries and Clayton Anderson from Infinity Lawn Care. And most of all, thank you for our Caro. It's been thank a you, stressful Ray. week for you, I know. So turning a corner. All right. Uh, the Classic 60s is happening next with uh, one of our absolute faves, George Minoldi. And my gardenism for the morning is flowers are the music of the ground. From Earth's lips spoken without sound. Hope you like that. Have fun, everyone, and happy gardening. We'll see you next, well, we'll be chatting with you next week. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.